I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. I want to read verses over you this morning. It says this in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Read this next verse with me. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Amen. You can have a seat. We are in a series entitled Shining Like a Light Bulb. God's desire for us who have had his spirit planted within us, it's to shine his light. Amen. When people look at you, they should get a picture as to who Jesus is. How did you do this week? There were some good times, right? How many of us dropped the ball at some point too? Ugh, yeah, that's okay. God's not finished with this yet, right? We are to be shining our light for him. Last week we talked about We need to love like Jesus. Today, we're going to talk about serving like Jesus. You know, it is obvious now more than ever that we live in a continually changing world. And as the body of Christ, what is our responsibility in these uncertain times? I believe that we're about to see the greatest harvest of souls ever. Because I believe the world groans and it's, it's groaning and it's longing. People are looking, they're looking to God for help. But in order to, for, for the church to be prepared for this harvest, we, we are going to have to learn to see and respond to the masses of people differently than we have In the past, are you with me? Now, I love the way the heart of Jesus responded when he saw crowds of people. In fact, in in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says this. When he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see, Jesus didn't just see crowds. He saw people who had needs. He saw men who were crippled. He saw mothers with sick children, people with, who, who had no hope, people who were desperate for love. And everything in him, everything in Jesus craved to help each of them. People are Jesus's priority. And so they should also be our priority. You see, he's given us, the church, the assignment to reach this world by serving people. And I believe that we can change the world by serving them one at a time. Are you with me? Have I put anyone to sleep yet? Something you need to understand today. Alert, alert. 
God hasn't just called us to receive salvation. He's called us to serve him. And we were created to serve by walking as Jesus walked. We, we are called to, 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 to serve. We were created to serve by walking in the footsteps of Jesus, bringing his life to everyone that we come in contact with. I love Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I, lo- I love the Bible, not just this verse. I love it all. Ephesians 2, 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew. Anybody been made new in Christ Jesus? Why? So that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Do you see that? You've been made new to do good things. That he planned for your life so long ago. Now listen, spoiler alert here. Serving God is not reserved for preachers. It's not served just for missionaries or or those in so-called full-time Christian service. You need to know something. Every child of God is called to full-time Christian service. Right, Right where you're living and right where you're working. Listen, he's equipped each of us with special gifts that are perfectly suited to his plans. We are to, 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 to share our lives with people. Those people that he puts in our path that we come in contact with. He wants us to have an effect on them. Listen, you have something that only you can give the people around you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to puff you up. Use them well to serve one another. Listen, many people mistakenly think that the only way to serve God is inside a church building. But listen, there are so many ways for you to serve. I'm jealous of some of you because people expect me when I roll up onto the scene, they expect something from me because I'm the preacher. They expect me to pass an offering plate. They expect me to point my finger at them and tell them how lousy of individual they are. Right? They don't think I have any fun, enjoy any type of music except K-Love. <laughs> or that a tasty cold beverage might not be so bad every once in a while. They just think differently. I'm jealous of some of you because you have been placed, I believe, in the greatest mission fields ever. You see, when somebody walks onto a campus, they expect something from me. But what about in the cubicle where you work? Well, what about in the gym in which you work? What about the school campus you walk? Do you get it? You have an incredible opportunity that some of us as a church set, we're just disadvantaged, right? You have an incredible opportunity to serve the Lord right where you are at. And let me remind you of what Colossians 3.23 says. It says this, 
work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So here's the deal. You're not just trying to please the boss man. I'm telling you, you're trying to please the God man. And you need to work willingly wherever he's placed your body. Come on, somebody ought to clap at that. I can't get any better, folks. You better help me out. It ain't Eastern. I'm preaching my guts out. You better help me out. If you are a living, sanctified life, you will reflect Christ in whatever you are doing. Shine your light. This little light of mine. Praise Jesus. Let it shine. So if we know this calling that Jesus has given us, why don't we serve like him? Dum, dum, dum. I was just setting you up. If we we know that we're called to serve, if we know that we're to shine our light, if we know that his spirit's been planted within us to radiate it and let him out, why don't we serve like him? I have heard so many excuses over the years concerning things that hold us back from serving others. But because of our time constraints today, I cannot mention all 137 of them. But there are some excuses that we use that keep us from serving like Jesus. Now listen, these are legitimate excuses. They're they're, they're real deal things that we hear They're they're real excuses that we use to avoid helping other people. And can I just tell you something? They're all bad. (laughs) They are all lousy excuses. Can I share a few of them with you? Here's one. We're waiting for the perfect conditions. We're waiting for the perfect conditions. Maybe you're, you're listening and maybe you've, you've had this attitude. Hey, I'll volunteer. I'll serve when I have some extra time and when life eases up. You won't ever do anything if that's your attitude. You'll sit there and watch the Masters all day. By the way, this is my favorite weekend besides Easter. <laughs> my pastor, I got to, you know. I love the Masters. Don't you be calling me this afternoon. I might be late to baptism. I I won't. Hey, if you're waiting for the perfect condition, if you're waiting till you have more time to serve, if you're waiting till the conditions are, are just right or life eases up, oh, bro, let's just bury you right now. It won't happen. The problem is, That you will always be busy. There will always be a fire to put out, right? If you wait for the perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. I I love what it says in Ecclesiastes. This is bonus Bible. You don't have a screen for this one. I just love the early service. I love people that get out of bed. So I'm giving you all some bonus Bible. Anybody, Anybody got a problem with bonus Bible? Ecclesiastes, I know you know this. I know Ecclesiastes is one of your favorite devotional books. I didn't even know where it was. I gotta be honest with you, I had to look it up in the front. It's page 935 is where it started in my Bible. I just forgot. 
It's good, though. Ecclesiastes 11, verses 4 through 5. I, I, I found these verses in relation. If you're waiting for the perfect conditions, listen to what this says. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watched every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Hey, listen, God is not only all-knowing and good, but he's incredibly practical. And if you're just waiting for the right condition, you won't ever do anything. You won't. For some of you, maybe this morning, you're going through a rough time. Can I just tell you that oftentimes it's when I'm going through a rough time that the last thing I want to do is put myself out there even more, right? But here's what I've learned. I mean, we're already feeling vulnerable. We're, we're, we're feeling just downright fragile. And, and you may be like me sometimes. There, there are times in which you just want to kind of build a bunker and you want to hide out until this excruciating time, this slow-moving storm that just passes, right? But here's what I've learned. In that time in your life, it's actually a great time for you to focus on others. To get the focus off of you and start to serve someone. In fact, you, you may find a new sense of purpose that refocuses you. Or, or you might meet someone who impacts you as much as you could ever impact them. Here's another thing I've heard, excuse, why I won't serve. We think we don't have enough to offer. We think we don't have enough to offer. You ever thought this? That girl spends her spring breaks in the African bush treating AIDS patients. What can I offer in comparison to that? (laughs) The answer is simple. A lot. You can. Don't be intimidated. Here's the deal. Small choices, little steps can lead to big change. And if you ask that girl that's volunteering in Africa, she'd probably be able to to backtrack her her trail of of small choices that she's made decisions that led her one step at a time. She she probably didn't just go from from never having volunteered to hopping on this plane to Africa. It didn't happen that way. But it was small choices that she made in serving and helping and shining her light. I don't think I have enough to offer. Well, here's the deal also. We're called to different purposes, aren't we? Some purposes are more dramatic than others, but they're not necessarily more important. Listen, the mission field is not limited to far off places. It includes your city. It includes your work. It includes your home. Billy Graham says the hardest place to live for Jesus is in the home. For some of us, that might be a good starting place. Amen? Listen, wherever you are, God has something vital going on. And you do have something to offer. I've heard this excuse too. We fear the unknown. We fear the unknown. Maybe you've thought this before. I I won't know anybody. What if they ask me to, to do something I've never tried before. 
Boy, what if I fail? Oh, listen. Fear of the unknown can prevent us from following God's promptings to serve and fully accept all that he has for us. We've got to be bold. We need to be willing to try some things. We need to be willing to step out. And oh, by the way, let me just remind you of one verse in the Bible to encourage us. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hey, come on. Be willing to step out. Have some guts. It takes more guts to drive into San Antonio on I-10 than it does to serve the Lord. You've got to be bold. You've got to be willing just to step out and try it. And remember this. Rather than call the equipped, God seems to like to equip the called. And he will give you everything you need if you will just give him the chance. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. Here's another excuse I've heard. Oh, I hear this. Oh, we don't think we're needed. I, I don't serve because I just don't think I'm needed. That's a big place. There are a lot of people serving in that organization. You know, I just don't think I'm needed. They probably have so many other volunteers. Hey, listen. There are so many hurting people around the world. There are so many needs to be met. Trust me, you are needed. You're needed somewhere. Don't leave it to someone else. I had you pray this morning. Lord, use me to share your story with my friend. Listen, there's at least one person that needs you. What are you going to do with it? Do you love them that much? Enough to step out. I'm getting over. I'm needed. You're needed at least in one person's life. Many of you declared that today. Come on. Listen, if you see something that needs addressed, you might be the person that God is elbowing to do it. Step out. Do it. I hear this. I signed up, but we never heard back from them. We never heard back. Pastor Robert, have we heard that? We never heard back. I signed up. They said they'd get me plugged in, but then I heard nothing. Listen, coordinating volunteers is a skill. It's a serious talent that's often underappreciated. Plus, here's the deal. The, 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 the coordinator may, may wear several additional hats. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. First of all, get over this. If you want it bad enough, you're going to go for it. Some of you will go harder after a payday candy bar, DeShane, than you will after serving and volunteering somewhere. If you want it enough, you're going to go for it. You'll fight tooth and nail to get your kids signed up for club sports. But when it comes to serving, oh, no, I tried it one time. mm -mm. They didn't respond. Listen. If appropriate, why don't you consider sending an email or text just as a reminder? Why don't you help us out, list your specific skills or interests so that it's easier to help you find the right fit? In fact, I just tell you this today. If you're interested in working with kids or students, you, 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 ought, to, you ought to be pulling out that phone right now, texting Pastor Todd and Pastor Blake. 
said, man, I cannot wait to be a part of your team. Y'all are awesome. Y'all have great snacks. I don't know if I love kids, but I love Jesus. And I'm going to put myself out there. You, you send them a text. Would you not like that, Pastor Blake? Hey, you want to lead a live stream? You text Pastor Kyle Kelly right now. Say, Pastor Kyle, mm. listen, I know you're new. You don't know who I am. I've been waiting for you to bring the game to me, but I'm bringing the game to you, big boy. I'm coming after you. And I want to lead a life group. Come on. Guys, you can do this. Don't be putting it on us. Make it easier for them. Maybe you ought to be the volunteer coordinator. I don't know. If you're so good at it. I hear this also. We felt out of place. Just, I, I just don't really fit in there. I, I expected to feel this sense of belonging right off the bat. Hey, listen, give it time. N- not, not everyone is an extrovert. Not, not everyone opens up in, in the same way or with the same speed. Hey, perhaps you, you have less in common than expected, but please, please don't limit God. But what, what he has in mind is guaranteed to be better than the options you set before him. And oh, by the way, I'm reminded of another verse in Ephesians 3.20 that says something like this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Hey, listen, God's plans are always bigger than ours. And he's the best adventure planner out there. I think, it's, I think I saw James Billingsley a while ago, our incredible worship host. And, and I love those signs that James and his friends and family place on Facebook. This wish you were here, that banner, you know, wish you were here. Hey, I wish some of you were here. God's a great adventurer planner. I think, hey, listen, I want you to serve. I've got a great adventure in store for you. Come on, listen. At times, it's not so clear where we should invest our time. So, 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 so test out the different opportunities, not only here, but in our community. You, you, you don't have to commit to years of service. It's okay to just kind of explore some things, all right? Here's another one. We felt unimportant. Seriously, Jason, hand out flyer, flyers, flowers, flowers be good. Hand out flyers. Seriously, I... Do you not know what I do Monday through Friday? I'm Mr. Big Time. And you want me to hold the door open for someone? I, I want to do something that really matters. Oh, I'm fixing to get you. You might have just handed somebody a lifeline. Your, your smile might have just given someone hope that was contemplating suicide because they felt invisible. How many of you liked having somebody open the door for you today? How many of you liked having guys out in the midst and the rain helping you find your way through our parking lot? Because it's crazy out there. I'd say that's a huge role. I'd say you passing out a flyer. And opening a door and shaking a hand. And, oh, those people that brew coffee, aren't we thankful for those people? 
Aren't you thankful for that person that drives that bus for your kids so you don't have to sit on the bus with 52 little holy terrors? That person that's giving your kid goldfish and the love of Jesus this morning back in the back half of our building. Aren't you thankful for those people? I'm telling you, whatever your position, do it well and learn whatever you can. I won't even make a dent in the problem. Well, concentrate instead on just helping one person. One task at a time. Then another. In fact, I love what it says in Psalm 119. I don't have this for you. Just listen. Just listen. 119, 105, Psalm states that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Listen, it's at our feet, the light. It won't illuminate the whole road, but rather it's going to illuminate one step at a time. And eventually you're going to be able to look back and see how far you've come, right? I'm not going to make a dent. I'm telling you, you just take that first step. You take that first step. And as you take that first step, the Lord is going to light up that next step for you. And eventually, Randy Grabo, you're going to look and say, man, look where I've come from. Look how God has used me to advance his kingdom. I recently heard a pastor refer to volunteers as activated believers. Activated believers. You know what's wrong in the church today? We have a lot of believers, but they're not activated. We got a lot of light bulbs. Turn those lights out. Can we turn these, these cool lights out real quick? Turn those out. Man, aren't those awesome? Don't they look great just hanging there? They're so cool and so beautiful. You can't even see most of them, can you? You know why? It's not activated. Activate those. You see what I'm saying? Some of y'all wish I could just get with you right now and go, pa pa, and wake you up, activate you. I want us to be a church of activated believers. Can we be content not just to sit and soak and drink some coffee? And Can we be a group of people that are activated and want to be like Jesus and serve? Listen, volunteering, serving takes determination. Sometimes it takes some work just to get started. But I'm telling you, it'll change the way you live when you start getting over you and considering others more important than yourself. <laughs> Who's mad right now? I didn't have this sermon Wednesday, did I? Staff said, do you know what you're preaching Wednesday? I said, I don't. I don't have a clue. It's not what I said, but I didn't have a clue. So listen, real quick before I let you go. Why, why is serving so important? Well, why does it even matter? Let me, let me just remind you. We looked at this when we looked at Jesus a few months back. Listen. Jesus served and so should we. In fact, you remember that very last lesson that Jesus taught his disciples before going to the cross was he washed their feet. Why? Jesus told them that night, he said, since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. You see, in that final night, Jesus was teaching his disciples something. He was teaching his men this, listen. Since I've done so much for you, because of me, you are saved. Serve others. 
How many times do we look at a situation to see what it is that we can get out of it versus what it is that we can put into it? You see, Jesus showed us that his blood paid for our freedom. And because it did, listen, we ought to have a desire to serve others. Make no mistake about it. Our service and deeds do not save us. But our salvation should prompt us to serve others. I'm not saved by my good works. But I am saved to do good works. Are you with me? Don't ever forget that. I want to also remind you why you should serve is because Jesus knew who he was. He knew who had sent him. He knew that his father in heaven had sent him. Jesus was not ashamed of what he was called and came to do. He wasn't worried about how others perceived him or what others would think if he served or if he didn't even care if he was the most important man in the room. He didn't care about others' opinion. He didn't care if, if, if he was voted best of the best. He didn't. His service wasn't about being seen. And Jesus certainly didn't run from serving others because it was beneath him. Come on. Jesus says the greatest in my kingdom will be the one who serves the least of these. The first shall be and the last shall be. No servant is greater than his master. Why is serving so important? Because Jesus knew who he was. Hey, listen, serve because of what God did for you and not because of what you can get from it. Just serve. I've served in the local church for, for 24 years now. I started when I was seven. I've served in the local church for 24 years, and and I've been a part of so many different service opportunities that were not just limited to the church, but but, but also throughout the communities in in, in which I've lived. And and literally, I've been a part of service opportunities around the world, right, Mike? Indonesia, bunkmates right there. Even here at 1910, we've been a part of some radical serving, some radical giving moments. But listen, it's never been about a number. It's never been about who would know us or by making us a name for our ministry or a name for an individual. Listen, the root and heart of ministry, the very core of who we are here at 1910, the very core as to why we exist, we are about finding people far from God. We're about restoring them to this vital, thriving relationship that he wants to have with them. And listen, as we serve, the same must be true for you. Listen, your service should flow from a pure heart. Not from a title or an accolade. Who gives a rip if anyone ever notices? Will you just serve It's what you're called to do. That's what you've been wired to do. You let that light shine. You haven't been wired just to hang there. No, you've been wired to let it shine. And and lastly, why else should you serve? Everyone has something to give. 
Listen, some of you right now have some money to share. If so, you need to give it to a worthy cause. But all of you have gifts. All of you have talents. All of you have skills that you can offer to others. And all of you can leave a situation better than when you approached it. Listen, you can pick up trash in your neighborhood or apartment complex. You can have a friendly conversation with someone to brighten their day. I I told people leaving the gym the other day, hey, listen, just smile, just smile, just smile. That's therapy for people. Don't you like to see people that smile? Just do that. You don't have to say a word. Just, 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 Just smile for people. Telling you, it's awesome. You'll look ridiculous, but they'll have a good time with it. Listen, you can have a dinner. You can invite people to your house. You can have a game night for a group of people. You can do something. You have something to give. Too often we approach situations with this what's in it for me nature. Hey, by nature, listen, we're very self-absorbed, aren't we? We're self-centered. But I'm telling you, only Christ in us makes us selfless. And servant-minded. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to serve like Jesus served. Just as Jesus' life was characterized by an attitude of servanthood. Church, listen. We must also be servants. Then why don't so many Christians, or why do so many Christians prefer to be served rather than to serve others? Listen, genuine servanthood begins with a heart that says this. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? I want to read these words over you and make this your prayer today. Father, you own me. And everything I have is yours. You're my Lord, and you are my God. And you're worthy of all I can give. Lord, whatever you want me to do, no matter how big or how small, the answer is yes. Lord, you've promised to to equip. You've promised to anoint me with your spirit. You've promised to enable me to do whatever you've called me to do. So here I am, Lord. I am your servant. Use me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.